76 of Section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley. As always, I'm joined by Bryson and Jacob. How are you guys? Good to be here, Mark. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How about you, Jacob? Hey, I am doing, yeah, I'm doing well, and I'm excited that we have actual baseball news to talk about. I know. It's a novelty to have so much to talk about this week. There's um, it runs the gambit from controversies regarding where the Blue Jays are playing to actual on-the-field information to, you know, an actual schedule to watch baseball this year. It is wild to be in this position after so many months, the offseason, and then, of course, a delay because of COVID-19. But here we are, and we do have stuff to talk about, but I think we'll kick things off today with what I mentioned, the controversies over where the Blue Jays are going to play. It's continuing. We don't know where the regular season is taking place, but the big news this week was the details that came out about the Blue Jays' modified quarantine. Of course, we knew that they were staying in the Rogers Center in the adjacent hotel, but we didn't know the details of, you know, if they would be punished for leaving the Rogers Center, if they could leave the Rogers Center. But Scott Mitchell of TSN reporting yesterday that the Blue Jays will find players or players will be subject to a fine of $750,000 along with possible jail time if they are spotted outside of the footprint of the Rogers Center, which is obviously a huge punishment, but I think there's a common misunderstanding here. This goes back to not the Blue Jays fining players, but um, under the Quarantine Act by, of course, the Canadian government, which levies the maximum fee for violating the Quarantine Act as $750,000. And of course, these players, since they have just entered the country of Canada, they have to quarantine for 14 days. Uh, But there was a certain controversy that arose when Travis Shaw tweeted that the Blue Jays were only told they would have to do this for the first two weeks. They wouldn't have to do this for the whole season. But of course, our understanding of this is that they will have to do this for the full season because they are going to be continuing and continually entering and exiting Canada um, and playing games in the U.S. So it's a lot to digest here, a lot going on, and very interesting news. But right off the bat, what do you guys think about this? Well, to begin with, um, you know, you guys know, I, going back to about a month ago, I was I was the one that first mentioned the idea of base, baseball in Toronto. And you guys fully know that I want this to happen. But this needs to happen properly. And for Travis Shaw to assume, even if they weren't told they need to quarantine throughout the rest of the season. I'm just, I'm just not sure why they never kind of got the the message about it. Um, it's, it's something that they're gonna have to to do. It's the only way that this is gonna work. Okay, first of all, the borders are closed to begin with, so they're already getting special exemption to be in the country to begin with. But you can't have teams, visiting teams, and even the Jays who are on the road roaming around Toronto. You you can't have that to happen. And if you want to look at it from another perspective. Why, what's the point of quarantining now if they're not going to be able to quarantine throughout the season? This is something that needs to be consistently done, and it's something that I think is... I, I have no problems with the, the penalties in place by the federal government. I do think the jail time is a bit excessive, but I also think that's also something that probably won't ever happen. You know, something severely... Like someone severely has to cross the line for that to happen, which would probably be very rare to none. But a fine is definitely something that I fully support. Um, there's already public backlash to begin with of citizens not wanting them to be here in the first place because this is something that people were afraid of. Even though there's a quarantine rule in place at the hotel, how many players are going to honor it and how many players are really on board with it? And I think we saw that yesterday with Travis Shaw being among a few players on the Jays. I think Randall Gritchick stepped in too. And he was saying how the the main idea of this is because they're leaving... Um, you know, they're not bringing their families with them. But then there was a few people that were responding to Gritchick saying, you, you are no, you guys are no different than us. You know, there's other citizens here. I'm sure you guys have experienced it too, or at least, um, 
until recently, but over these past three months, we've all been separated from our families. It's not like the athletes are the only ones. So I do think that's something that um, the Blue Jays players or the people that are against this need to realize that, first of all, they're here on a special exemption already by the government, and they're not the only ones that are separated by their family. And flat out, if you have if you have no problem or if you have a problem with this quarantine act, and, and this is from me, you either opt out or you go to Dunedin because this is the only way that this is going to happen. And I, I want this to happen. I'm sure you guys would like prefer this to be in Toronto. But there's rules that need to be in place. And for them to roam around the streets when the regular season begins, I just don't see the point of quarantining now. Like, I, I don't understand the whole point of it. And this team is going to be going... The Jays are included in this because they're going to be traveling. They're going to be going to different cities across the states. Some hotspots like Florida. They're going to be in Florida about, I think, four times this season. And it might even be more if they're playing in Dunedin. And then they're going to be going to other states. And then they're going to be potentially carrying something around with them that they won't realize until public exposure. And that's what we're all trying to avoid. And this team is now even leaving Toronto even a few days earlier because they're going to Boston now before they even go to Florida to open up the season at the Trop. So for people who don't like this idea or think it's too harsh... I think it gives you a clear understanding of how one government knows how to handle this and then how the other government doesn't. Because when you look at it, in Canada, we are so close to flattening the curve, something can always change, some outbreak or one outbreak can always ruin it. With this virus, we know that nothing is definitive and anything can change within a week. But the progress we've made compared to the States, it just shows how much better we are at of handling this virus compared to the United States. And if players have a problem with it, you opt out or you go to Dunedin, but these are the rules in place and it makes sense. Why would you want to quarantine now only to go and to go to Florida, let's say to play Tampa and then they're going to Washington and then they come back and split the series of Washington. So their home openers against the nationals this year, the Jays, what all of a sudden they're allowed to roam around the streets, including Washington. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. They're going to be in the same places as other teams and you can't have this to happen. You and let's not act like they're they're locked in a prison cell. Like these guys are in a high class hotel, right beside a major league baseball ballpark. When you like, the, you don't see a lot of hotels connected to ballparks. I think the well, I'm sure there are a few around the league, but the Jays are definitely one of the the only ones that have that resource. And that is the that that is the one thing that's keeping or allowing them to be here in the first place. So I, let's not act like they're locked in a prison cell for two months because they're not. They're provided with. All the, the hospitality, I think, possible. They're going right down to... They're taking an elevator to play baseball. They are not. They don't have to drive anywhere. And I understand that there's um, family complications and people that want to see their family. But at the end of the day, they're not the only ones who have been separated from their families. There's been so many people who have been separated from whether it's immediate family, cousins, grandparents. And the, the list goes on about how, you know, how big people's families can be. So I, I don't know if you guys agree or if I'm being too harsh, but that's just the way I see this. And this comes from me as a citizen, too, in the province of Ontario. I don't want to go back into lockdown. I really don't. And I know it's very rare for a Major League Baseball team. Like, let, Let's not act like they're going to create a, a massive out, outbreak where you're seeing 800 cases a day. But you don't want to see any more outbreaks. You don't want to see any more innocent people being infected by this. We've seen enough uh, tragedy here. And I'm sure you guys have seen the numbers in the States, Mark. You live in the States. You see how much of this is affected every day to innocent people and so many people dying for unnecessary reasons. So I don't want this. I don't want to see this happen anymore. I don't want to go back in a lockdown and I complete, I'm completely on board with the fines in place. And yes, I want this to be played in Toronto. I do. And I think it could be done, but if these guidelines aren't what the players want to follow, then you got, you got to pull the plug and you go to Dunedin or if Travis Shaw, if you have a problem with it, you opt out. I really don't have any problem with either or, but it's pretty clear that the message that the federal government's sending is that this is the only the way that you can be in this country. And I give them full props for not backing down uh, to professional athletes because, first of all, once again, they're already being special exemption to be in the states to begin with, or sorry, in Canada to be to begin with, with the border closed. And that wasn't you know that received some backlash as well. But I hope Travis Shaw can you know come to an understanding, and I hope that he understands why this these rules are in place. But we, you know, we're, we're about two weeks away now from the regular season, not even, and we still don't know where they're going to play baseball games. So you have to imagine that uh, a ruling's coming soon. Yeah, I like, uh, Mark, that you mentioned that this whole, the whole punishment enforced by the government. It's not necessarily the Blue Jays just saying, hey, you know what, we want to be mean and enforce this. It's actually like a government law, so it's not like you can get mad at the Blue Jays because their hands are kind of tied here. Um, but I, I think the biggest issue here with the players is I don't think they realize that 
you know, if you play a game, you, you know, say you're the, the catcher for any, any team, you're going to be in contact with the umpire. You're going to be in contact with the, all of the batters from the other team, likely, you know, people throughout the stadium. So you're always in contact with people. And like you mentioned, the, if the nationals come to Toronto, how do you know somebody does not have, or, or is asymptomatic or, you know, they, they have come into contact with somebody and you know, they, they come in contact with the catcher and then the catcher, you know, goes back into the dugout, gives the virus to the whole team. And then you see a guy like Travis Shaw go out to, you know, just go for a walk or whatever, even with a mask on. And then who knows what happens. Um, but I, I think one thing that Travis Shaw did say in his tweets is that public safety is his number one priority. And, you know, I, I don't doubt that. I think that even if he were to go out, then he would wear a mask or at least he would do something. Or I think even if he's not allowed, he'll probably do it anyways and just have a disguise on. Um, so I think, you know, it's it's just such a weird situation. But one thing he also did say is that he he and a lot of other players, you know, it's not like they're going out to party or to go to a bar or to do whatever. They're really just going out to not be isolated in a hotel, which, I, to be fair, is an understandable statement. I mean, who who really wants to be stuck anywhere for an entire summer? You know, it sucks, but, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, and that's just kind of how it is. Uh, and like I said, you know, the, the biggest issue is that they're always in contact with people. And so say Travis Shaw does what he wants to do. And he, he, like he said, he wants to just go for a walk, maybe go get takeout from a restaurant. What if somehow he is, is a carrier of this coronavirus and he passes it on to somebody, even if he's socially distanced, he's doing everything he can. What if somehow he passes the virus on? Now, obviously, it's kind of hard to pinpoint if he's in a disguise or you know whatnot it's hard for someone to say you gave it to me but what happens what if there's a huge outbreak in toronto and you find out that the players have not necessarily been isolating then what you know do the blue jays do they get sued just like what what happens there you know how do you how do you tell the citizens oh hey we're allowing these people from the u.s to come in and then they come in and there's a huge outbreak that i don't think that's fair for them either they get kicked out then um, yeah. yeah exactly they just you can't really defend them in that situation. And I like how Bryson, you mentioned the families. It is, you know, it does, it does suck to be isolated. Uh, everyone is in this situation. Um, and I think from a player's standpoint, yes, it does suck that, you know, you're stuck in a, in a hotel. All you can really do is play baseball. But again, hey, nobody's forcing you to do this. We've seen many players opt out. If you don't want to, opt out. It's, it's not that difficult. Um, Obviously, easy for me to say that, you know, they, they need to make their money. But, you know, I think this is the reality of the situation. And it, this is such a weird kind of time for everybody. So, I, you know, you, you just kind of have to go with precaution. And if people are saying, don't do this, then don't do it. And if you don't like that, then, well, we live in a voluntary society. You can just leave and, you know, not leave, like go out. But you, you can just leave and, you know, do whatever you want. Go go to Florida, go with your family, opt out or do something like that. Yeah. It's a, I, I understand that this is a tough situation, both for the players and the team and the government. Um, and it's a very unique conundrum that we have never encountered before, but at the same time, I totally agree with you guys. And to some extent, I disagree with the players because this is ultimately about the safety of people in Toronto. And already allowing the players to travel and play in Toronto under a quote-unquote modified quarantine where they are in fact being exposed to other people just, I guess, in a bubble, you know, in a secure environment, even that is a risk for the people of Toronto. And ultimately, if you're the government, if you're either the municipal government, the provincial government, the federal government, your responsibility is to protect your citizens and protect um, your constituents, and that's what's important in this situation. So being told that you still have to maintain quarantine and that you don't get this special privilege as a player to break quarantine, um, that is 100% reasonable. And I just want to say players come from a position of great privilege, and not just in this, but in pretty much every facet 
of society. You know, they are making millions of dollars. And I don't begrudge the fact that they are from a position of great privilege. It's a product of their lifelong work and drive to become the one of like a thousand players who are the best at their job on the face of the planet. But at the same time, as a player, you have to recognize that privilege and realize that you're not going to be in this situation, treated better than anyone else is going to be treated just because you are a Major League Baseball player. There are still health concerns. There are still priorities that have to be set aside when it comes to the safety of actual citizens. But just for some context, I did want to read what um, the players that we've been talking about did tweet. Um, Travis Shaw kind of kicked it all off. He quote tweeted uh, Scott Mitchell's original tweet, um, and he said, We were told two weeks, not all summer. All summer is a bit much. And then he responded to that tweet and said, All summer isn't going to happen, not an option. And then later he did clarify um, his comments, and he said, Let me be clear, we are on board with the two-week quarantine. But I currently have a paid condo a block away from the stadium that I can't use. At no point would I risk public safety or not follow rules. Is it wrong to want to live in a place that I've already paid for, to be able to go on a walk with a mask, to be able to get fresh air, walk to go get takeout food, not eat inside? We aren't looking to party, hit the patios, go out all night, anything like that. Public safety is a priority number one. It would just be nice to follow the rules of quarantine, which we all are and all will continue to do all summer, but be able to live in a place already paid for and be able to walk outside for mental state outside of work. Public safety always remains number one priority. So when you look at it that way, it is reasonable. But again, I'm I'm going to go back to what I said with they're already in a position of great privilege. And of course, it would be horrible to live in a stadium for two months, but it's, I think, a price that you're going to have to pay, and it's not too late to opt out. We saw players yesterday, a pitcher for the Chicago White Sox opted out, so these players can still make the decision, and then there are more tweets um, from others. Randall Grishik said, I want to make it clear we're not asking for special treatment. We understand that we need to stay in a quarantine bubble. We want to make sure everyone is safe. The toughest part is them not allowing our family to come with us. That's what makes it tough for a lot of guys. And then Marcus Stroman, of course, a former Blue Jay, also got in on the fun. He, quote, tweeted a Bleacher Report tweet about the news, and he said, this is absolutely ridiculous. He later deleted that tweet, and he clarified it by saying, I didn't say it wasn't necessary. I actually believe it's the right thing to do. I'm just saying it doesn't seem realistic. That's all. So, obviously, a lot going on here. And, then I, I, again, I'm going to revert to what I said. I, I, I'm having trouble siding with the players here. And, you know, maybe they're being put in a tough position because, you know, the Blue Jays just haven't figured out what they're doing with their lives yet. And, of course, that is a huge problem. And maybe we should be blaming this on ownership. But the fact that the players are complaining about being – quote-unquote forced to stay in a hotel for two months even though they're only going to be there you know for six or seven days at a time and then they're going to travel to the U.S. where they can you know walk around they can do whatever they want on the road exactly it just um, obviously none of this looks good from a public relations perspective and um, from an ethical point of view I don't think the players really have any ground to stand on no, you, you, the, we need to, people need to stand ground on this. And you can completely understand the comments made by Travis Shaw. Randall Gritchick, I disagree with it. Like I already told you guys, everyone's been separated from their family. But when, when Travis Shaw explaining he wants fresh air and all of that, I look at it at two, two scenarios. Because, A, Mark, you mentioned a good point that people or the, the players need to realize. Not only would they be locked in the hotel, but they're, it's half the season. So it's 30 games. It's a week apart. It's not like it's two straight full months or you know, whatever the whole uh, scenario is for them staying the entire season there because they're not. If you really want to go for a walk on a, for fresh air, go, when you go to Boston in a couple weeks, go around, walk down Boylston. I don't, I don't know. Walk down the street there because you can. Nobody's taking that away from you. But the thing that they fail to realize is that this, it's border international travel because this is considered international travel. This is a whole different ball game. It's completely different. And you look at I look at it at two scenarios. You stay in a safe environment because Toronto has been one of the best countries in the entire world at handling this virus. 
you've got this, the numbers can continue to go down. So you stay here where you can keep yourself safe and you don't jeopardize the chances of you going on a playoff run potentially because the, this team believes they can do it. And we've mentioned it before. We, we all think it's possible as well. Players like Bo Bichette have said it. Ross Atkins has said it. Why would you want to jeopardize your chances of going on a playoff run to, to go get fresh air? Like, are you, are you serious? Like, it, what happens when you go down the stretch and, God forbid, somebody tests positive? That could potentially ruin your season because one of your best players has the coronavirus or COVID-19. He has it, and I, I just don't understand that point. But I guess it's different from young players to older players as Travis Shaw is a veteran. So you can stay in that bubble scenario, keep yourself safe, for half of 60 games, for 30 games, a week apart, in a hotel. Like I said, it's not a prison cell. It's a hotel in a baseball park, a major league baseball park. I just, I disagree with the fact how people feel like they're being so trapped. And again, if you don't like it, opt out. Or here's scenario two. You can go get your takeout food, but you can also walk around in a state that is getting 10,000 cases a day. Go ahead. If you really want to jeopardize your risk of health just to go get takeout food from somewhere... Go ahead. Go ahead. Put yourself at a vulnerable risk to be infected. Go ahead. Nobody's stopping you. It's your right. But those are your two options. Do you want to stay in a safe a country where our government has handled this virus correctly? Or do you really want to jeopardize your chance of going to get takeout food when you can just Uber Eats it to your hotel or, or whatever the delivery process would be in place at Rogers Center? So go ahead. But the, the one thing, too, I want to bring up is I don't want... I hope peer pressure doesn't get to Shaw where he feels like he's being forced to play. If he really doesn't like this idea, then he need, he should opt out. I recommend he does, or you don't complain and you go back to Dunedin because in Travis Shaw's perspective, he's a player, in baseball terms, who's coming off one of his worst seasons ever, and this is pretty much it for him. The Jays gave him a one-year deal or a, um, a one-year deal with an option to revamp his career. So I hope the peer pressure doesn't get to him where he feels like he's being forced to play because this is his future we're talking about, and who knows, if he doesn't play good this year, who knows if he even gets a job next year. Or the year after that, I just want I, I want the these players to realize, and I hope they are to put the health in front of their actual baseball play. But there's two scenarios here, and just and once again, it's half the season and it's a week apart. If you looked at the schedule, yes, I know it's so condensed with the 60 games, but not all 60 games are in Toronto. You're going to Florida four different times. You're going. You, we all know the scenarios. You're going AL East ballparks, NL East ballparks. It's two simple scenarios. So if you really want to jeopardize your health for going on a walk to get fresh air when you can get fresh air with an open dome at the Rogers Center, then that's your choice. And if you have a problem with that, then I, I highly recommend you opt out or you, you're you on board with the going back to Dunedin and being in a hostile environment with all the COVID-19 cases. I want this, I want baseball in Toronto because I've, I've been saying it. I was the first one out of both of you to say it, but it needs to be done properly. It, need, it, it needs to be done properly. I, I don't, there's no other way to put it. And I don't want to, totally villainize the players in this because yeah it is a tough situation and like I said maybe we should be blaming Blue Jay ownership because they're being put in a really tough position the 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 players are being put in a really tough position but at the same time like I said there's just it it, you're not going to be able to get a special privilege above every other Canadian citizen, every other person around the globe who has been told, if you want to enter Canada, first off, the border's closed for non-essential travel. So we are, for some reason, considering baseball as essential, which is a whole conversation in and of itself. And then second off, we're, we're just telling you, you have to follow the letter of the law. You have to quarantine by yourself for 14 days. It doesn't seem... Yes, it's unfortunate for players. Yes, it. I wouldn't want to be in that situation. I feel cooped up enough as it is in my house, you know, for two to three days at a time before, you know, going outside to socially distance with friends. But I, it, you're not going to get special privileges. You're not going to be treated different than every other person on the face of the planet when it comes to entering and exiting Canada. Exactly. So, Jake, before you add, I just, again, nobody's arguing that this is a tough situation. This is something that hopefully we never deal with again. But it's this, we've gone so far as a country to flatten this curve. And we're so close and we still need to be precautions. You know, mandatory masking is coming into effect around regions. You know, Toronto's already in effect. My region's going to be coming within the next couple of weeks. Jake, I'm sure you're in yeah, your region. Yeah, Ottawa. Ottawa enacted one last yeah, week. We're so close. 
But these, I know these players, like, again, let's not act like they're going to cause a thousand cases a day in Toronto if, they, if they're exposed to somebody, because it, it won't happen. But it needs, there, it, this needs to be done properly, and this needs to be isolated because we don't want to go through this again. So if, if it's really that big of an issue, then you've got to go back to Dunedin. I don't know what else to say, but I do feel bad for the players at a stance, but they need to realize this scenario they're put their you know the scenario that's up in front of them and this is a, a global pandemic that is killing so many innocent people but jacob if you want to finish off go ahead yeah i was gonna say i think one area that i can sympathize with the players on is the fact that we all are kind of sharing the complaints that they have you know they don't they don't want to be cooped up uh, i don't want to be cooped up uh i just think the issue is kind of the fact that because of their popularity in this this high standard that we kind of hold for them being athletes and the fact that we all love them, their complaints are kind of more out there and vocal. And I think, you know, if I were to say, well, I, you know, I want to leave the country and come out and, or go in and out of the country and walk around, I think I would be, you know, ridiculed. So I think just unfortunately because of, you know, their status, they're kind of at the forefront of people getting mad at them. Uh, I do think it is still unfair for them to say that they kind of want this treatment to just walk around even though they've come in contact with the guy coming from Florida or they were just in Florida or whatever. Um, so I think, you know, unfortunately, we all just kind of kind of bite our lips, bite our tongues, just get through this because really, you know, I'm mad about things too. I had to miss, you know, my graduation, a cottage trip, you know, all these types of things. So, I mean, saying that, you know, you don't care. You still want to walk around a city. Well, th- why? That's not fair to me. That's not, you know, that's not fair to the people that you're going around or going, moving around with. You know, it's just, it's not fair to anybody. And, you know, I, I like what you keep saying, Bryson. You know, if you don't like it, then you can leave. You know, I think that's the big thing, or one of the biggest issues here. And, you know, I'm starting to get mad too. And, you know, obviously I don't want to be cooped up anymore. You know, I got things that I want to do, but, you know, that's what I got to deal with. And if I don't like it, well, I can go out. And if I get coronavirus, then, you know, my own. Well, then how am I supposed to live with that? That's not fair to them. And it would be my fault. And I just, I don't think that these guys are really understanding that. I think it's more just them saying, you know, I want to play, but I also want to live my life normally. And you can't do that. I remember seeing, how oh, was it? It might have been the MLB top plays. Uh, like they do that thing on Sportsnet every week or whatever. There was like a a segment with Eric Hosmer. Where he was visiting like the entire city of Chicago after playing an afternoon game. And I j- I don't I think players might want to do that. You know, maybe maybe not to that extent, but just walking, you know, down the road, going to like the McDonald's or whatever. You know, you you can't do that because you're gonna come in contact with people and. It sucks, but we got to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. They don't want to deal with it, but we have to. And let's not act like they have a gun to their head saying that they have to do this. And second of all, in that Eric Hosmer scenario, let's also not act like this is the last time that they're ever going to be in Toronto because there's next year with the full schedule coming out. So it's just just for two months. That's all we're asking anyways. Yeah, it's a tough situation, but I mean, everything that we've said here rings true. Um, and Bryson, you mentioned earlier the 2020 season, what it's going to look like. We're going to be playing 30 games at home, 30 games away. The Blue Jays and all of Major League Baseball released the 2020 schedule this past week. Um, it's, I don't know if you guys have any special takeaways from this. My big takeaway would be the fact that the Blue Jays have the tough, the third toughest schedule in all of baseball. If you look at the win-loss records of teams in 2019, the Blue Jays have are facing the highest win percentage of um, any major league team in their schedule, aside from two other teams. So I think that's something that stood out to me. We knew this schedule would be difficult, but we didn't really totally quantify it before this year. Um, but besides that, I don't know if anything stood out to you guys. Yeah, Mark, remember remember last week when we both kind of backpedaled a bit, or at least I did on the playoff chances? Mm-hmm. Remember what we both said about the schedule? Well, if you take a look at it, we like we weren't over exaggerating. This team needs to this this team's opening up in Tampa Bay. We know the House of Four is a Tropicana field, so it can go either way. But it doesn't get any easier. They go right to Washington to play the the defending World Series champions. So they split two games there, two games in Toronto or Dunedin. Then they play Philly. Then they go to Atlanta, and then they go to Boston. That is literally their first four weeks of the season, and those are 
against teams that are supposed to be good this year and were good last year. And it kind of, and then they, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go through every game, but then after that they get the Marlins for two games. So you, you'd hope those are an automatic two wins. But the, the one thing I like to circle too is how condensed this really is in which they only have about one, two, three, four. There's only about five or six off days. And then the other thing I want to circle is they play the Yankees only in September. So that is what one, two, and they're, they play the Yankees, the Mets, they play all the New York teams in September and they're playing the Yankees so many times. So for a team that's possibly in a pennant race, uh, you know, who knows where they are in that they could be out of it or they could be even in, in a better position, but that's, that's no joke. Like that's going to be an, that's going to be interesting for this team to, to try to overcome. Uh, we know we were talking about last week, Mark, we were going over predictions and how short seasons are going to benefit some of these players, a young team like the Jays who can easily get off to a fast start. But when you look at it, it's almost like there's no over-exaggeration. If this team doesn't get off to a, ba- a good start, then it could easily be over for them by the end of July. It, or sorry, the end of August. It really could. So, hope you know, who knows? Um, I'm not. We're not going to come out and say predictions because this season anything can happen. We went over this. But, you know, you get, you get Hinjin Ryu for about 10 or 12 starts who's battled injuries, which is going to definitely um, benefit the team and benefit him for one year. And you got young players like Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you know, the whole the whole list of players who could potentially get off to a very fast start, but they need to be in a good spot for that that's when they go to September because of all the the games against the Yankees. So that's the one, or those are the two or three key points that I I circled right away. Yeah, I think this schedule is definitely going to be tough. You know, when you're playing teams like the the Braves, the Yankees, uh, the Rays are good. The defending World Series champion Washington Nationals. You know, it's it's going to be a little weird. Uh, one good thing, they're playing 14 games against the Orioles and the Marlins. So, I mean, at least there's a few guaranteed wins. Uh, <laughs> 14 and 0. Yeah. But um, one thing, I said this a couple weeks ago, where each win in a shortened season essentially kind of means more than it would in a regular 162-game season. Because if you were to lose, say you got off to a really bad two weeks or beginning to begin you're the finished. season, yeah, you're done. Because, you know, that could be a quarter or however many games it is, you know, so if you, you know, I said this before, if you get off to a really good start, like the Blue Jays did in 2018, where they weren't at 500 or they were over 500 until I think it was mid-May, if that would happen this year, guaranteed playoffs. However, if the flip, if the opposite happens, well, then they're kind of screwed because, you know, if you play the Yankees 10 times, say you lose six of those games, well, why, why is it? Uh, reasonable or why is it unreasonable to say that that same thing won't happen against the Rays? Yeah, I think they could easily lose. And then you know we've obviously got a, close to a hundred wins last year for the Braves. Uh, you know, s- same thing could happen. You know, so if I, I don't think playoffs is necessarily as reasonable as we thought it was before, but I think a lot of that has to do with just the the lack of games being played. And like I said, maybe maybe they get off to a good start, make the playoffs, but they're kind of in that weird situation where if you lose a few games in the beginning or you go on like a five or six game losing streak, well then you're kind of finished because you don't have the time to make up for it because of just, they chopped uh, like a hundred plus games or whatever it is, whatever the exact number is out of the actual season. So just, they, they're kind of getting unlucky, but at the same time, it, it, this is still a good season for them to gain experience. I mean, this even if we had a full season this year, not like they probably would have made the playoffs anyways, but you know, it's it'll definitely be interesting to see how things play out. And I think it will it, it it will help players in terms of development, but in terms of playoffs, I, looking at the schedule and just the number of games that are being played against every team and how everything's going to work out, I just it, it's tough for them. Yeah, predictions on this season are impossible, and we tried playing this game last week. But it is really hard to determine what's going to happen this year. And I, if I was hard-pressed to say something, I'm sure we could talk about this next week. But in terms of record predictions, in terms of whether the Blue Jays make the postseason, I vote no on the postseason. And maybe like 30-30 in terms of record just because of the hard schedule they're facing. But again, anything can happen. Um, also in schedule news, for some unknown, mysterious reason, Major League <laughs> Baseball just decided to also release the 2021 schedule 
this week, which is utterly baffling in and of itself. Like, I don't understand the decision and the rationale behind deciding to release a schedule a year ahead of time when we don't even know what's going to happen next week. Like, I, I, I'm just so confused by this move. I don't know whether to give them credit for acting like everything's normal <laughs> or to look at them like they're completely, you know, fools for re- releasing this during a pandemic. And the better, the best part was the Jays adding on to it on their social media, uh, announcing all the bobblehead days, the giveaway days. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's acting like a completely normal. I mean, like for- <laughs> none of these players, there's a good chance that none of these players are on the blue Jays. Like they could trade these guys. Absolutely. I'm so confused. So I, I don't know. I don't know whether to laugh at them or give them credit, but Hey, if you, if you look at it, I guess when they were making the 2020 schedule, they were busy making the 2021 schedule. But the other thing that quite I question is, uh, well, for the interleague play, the Jays are playing the NL, the NL East again next year. So they in a full season, they were supposed to play them this year, I believe. So I, I don't know why they remade it. I, I don't understand why they could have just used the 2020 schedule. But anyways, uh, it's cool. Uh, they're opening up for one of the first times, I think, against Mike Trout and the Angels. Um, they're going to be in Texas to or sorry they start next season in new york which is normal and then they go to texas so look at this cross regional travel everything looks good everything looks normal um yeah and and the, the other thing too when i look at it is these players like boba Shett, vladimir guerrero jr and kevin biggio they still have never experienced the the 162 grind or 162 grind they came up last year uh, you know, around some different points during the season. This year, they got to play 60 games. So what a weird start it is for their career. And hey, you never know. Maybe Austin Martin's on the opening day roster in 2021 with Vladdy moving over to first base or Jordan Groshan. So it'll be interesting to see where we are. But I'm already excited for 2021, and we haven't even started during a global pandemic. But I don't know whether to laugh or to to make it feel normal. But hey, I don't know. Maybe I have to circle some bobblehead days to go next year and maybe plan a road trip in the summer again. It's it it is definitely interesting. I think you said it, Bryson. I was thinking the same thing. I think when they were making this year's schedule, they're like, ah, whatever. Just we'll just finish next year's schedule too, because you know this season. I, I feel like the season was going to be a lot easier in terms of figuring out just kind of how they should play the teams. Obviously, you know, going through everything is going to or the playing the games is a lot or is, is a very different thing, but. They were probably they probably finished this season schedule a lot quicker, so they're like, eh, whatever, just do the next one. But it, it is it is funny that they released it at least this far because or this early. You know, I would have thought that maybe later in the year would they would have released it. It probably would have been more re- reasonable, or even you know, kind of showing the teams but not releasing it to the public be- with kind of the intent to not do that until they knew that the season was going to be played. Um, but yeah, it's 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 funny. I did look through the schedule, and I mean it's pretty average. You're gonna face your AL East teams. You can go west a few times. Um, unfortunately, I do think it is a little bit boring though, just because I do like interleague play, uh, especially in past years. We've seen the the Blue Jays play the Dodgers, the Giants, uh, the Cubs. I think a couple of years ago, or they did kind of this tour around. Uh, what was it? I think it was California. They they went through a bunch of. Funny enough, when I was down there in that state, they were going to Oakland, San Francisco, LA. They're doing a whole bunch of things, um, and I, I don't know. I I do kind of enjoy that. I kind of think seeing the same teams so often is boring as heck. But what I, I'm not really gonna complain too much because I mean, at least you know, if all goes well with uh, COVID nineteen, at least we'll have a season, and we'll know how it'll look. Normalcy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it, whatever. I mean, it's. It's a season, at least, that we know has a very, at least if everything goes well, has a good chance of happening. And, yeah, I mean, it's still, it is a little interesting that they released it this early. Like I said, I kind of would have expected them to hold off on that until they knew what was going to happen in terms of health restrictions and whatnot. But, yeah, it's just, it's not too much to say about that, just because it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it is just the schedule, but just kind of the timing of when it was released and the context behind what the world or what the state of the world is, it's just, it is a little bit funny. Yeah, it's totally wild. MLB has been on some kind of drug all year, as we've seen through contract negotiations, and we're seeing it again now. And there's a few road trips that I'm eyeing. Um, I want to make it down to Atlanta, Washington, 
Um, New York Mets, I've seen a number of games at Yankee Stadium, but I've never made it across town to City Field. So hopefully I can get to a few of those, maybe some Baltimore games. Um, I want to be ambitious after being stuck at home all year this year. But Sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm so confused. Anyways, um, <laughs> our last piece of news on the roster for today is maybe the biggest piece of actual baseball news we saw this week. Um, yesterday, the Blue Jays slash Charlie Montoyo announced that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to be moving to first. He is going to be making the transition during summer camp this year, and then they plan on having him full-time at first base or designated hitter from really this point forward. Um, I think pretty much everyone saw this coming, but a lot of people thought it was farther down the road than this season, but it seems like the Blue Jays are just getting it out of the way now and um, kind of clearing the air and putting it, um, you know, folding it away, putting it on the shelf so that this is over and done with before they get to, you know, maybe more complicated questions that they're going to have to face in the future. Yeah, we've been doing this. Uh, we've been doing this podcast for what over three years, and I think every single one of us said, even when Vladdy was playing single A. In Lansing, I think this is something that we all said, and we were all on board with, and I think everybody was on board with this in terms of a prediction or an opinion, is that this was this was coming, and it's it's totally not surprising. But yeah, the timing of it is a little strange. You know, may, I thought we were definitely a few more years to, away from it, but I'm sure the 60 game season has a, a big part to do, a big thing to do with it. And if you really want to think about it, and something that I was thinking about is. Maybe the Blue Jays really do think there's a chance that they can be competitive this season. Maybe they don't want to deal with the growing pains of Vladdy at third base because we know he didn't make a number of errors last year. The one, the best part about his defensive game, which is being taken away now because he's going to first base, is his arm because he has a strong arm. We've all seen it, but in terms of fielding, he did struggle there many times last year. So maybe this is something the team doesn't want to deal with in a 60-game season where every, literally every game matters. They want to kind of avoid the, the growing pains costly errors and maybe they think that they can go for this and in terms of people thinking or saying this has everything to do with Jordan Groshans or Austin Martin I do think the team's downplaying a bit I do think it does have a um, a big part to do with them but I also think that this is more on Vladdy than anybody else just because of his weight we know that the way his his you know with all due respect to him he's um, in terms of a third baseman you don't really see a lot of people that are heavyweight last to third base you know we see examples are like Miguel Cabrera even Edwin Encarnacion when he was here years ago when he made he, he you know his nickname at the time was E5 and they moved him over to first base it was a clean transition same with Miggy down in Detroit so this is something that kind of hat we've seen throughout people who are who um, are heavier than others that move positions so good on good on Vladdy for being on board with it and I hope he understands but now this opens up a whole whack of scenarios for the third baseman and for the future there's like I said Austin Martin Jordan Groshans maybe Kevin Biggio plays some or spend some time in third there's so many other options and flexibility that this creates and again you know you're still getting Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hitting and maybe this takes some stress off of him maybe he maybe this helps him this season focus more on hitting and just because he had a slower transition than somebody like Bo Bichette or other prospects around the game Maybe this takes a little bit of weight off of his shoulders. Who knows how he reacts from this? Maybe it's a lot better than everyone thinks, or maybe um, it doesn't change anything. But I do think that this has definitely a big part for Austin Martin or Jordan Groshans, as much as the team's downplaying it. But it's definitely mostly on Vladdy himself. Yeah, I, I do think that it has a lot of the addition of Austin Martin. Like you said, we all knew this was going to happen. I think this is probably the best thing for the Blue Jays. Like you said, no disrespect to Vladdy, but, you know, ideally in the hot corner, you want a guy that can, you know, that is a little bit more athletic, can dive around and do things. He does have a great arm, but, you know, unfortunately, like you said, you know, errors are okay if they happen once in a while, but they more than that. Um, I think the only concern I have really is them wanting to kind of make him a DH and like the one B or first base slash DH, whatever, that's fine. But I kind of don't want the the DH to be kind of added in his repertoire of the positions he plays because really it's just, he sits on the bench and hits every few innings. 
Um, and I think we saw in the past how the Blue Jays handled this with Kendrys Morales and Edwin Encarnacion, where after Edwin, Kendrys Morales was really just the DH that played first base. When the- and that honestly is just not a good thing in my opinion, because then, you know, you're kind of restricted on what you can do. You know, you have a guy that is coming off of an injury, but you want him to bat instead of worry about the field and worsen an injury or just have an easier transition. Well, then what? You, do you just throw Vladimir Guerrero in first base and then the guy that you have played first base is unfortunately just not playing for that time? You know, how does that work? And I just, I, I'm not really keen on having a primary DH. If he wants to occasionally DH, whatever, that's fine. But as long as they really say, okay, this is the position you're going to play for us, you better learn it well, then that's fine. But I, I just don't want him to be known as a first baseman slash DH just because it, it'll over-restrict what the Blue Jays can do. And we saw a few years ago with the older team, it's just it's not feasible. You can't older guys, you know, always uh, in the field. Obviously, a completely different team now, but I just, I'm not keen on a full-time first base or designated hitter or even first base slash DH. I want him to be in the, in the field. Um, but yeah, just overall, I think this had to happen eventually. Uh, Austin Martin, I think is a big part of it, even though the team is kind of downplaying that, you know, obviously the middle of the infield with BGO and Bichette is kind of set. Although BGO, I think they want to see if he has a bit of flexibility, but I think mainly this was kind of done in order to open up the hot corner for Austin Martin because I think they they want him to be the next Josh Donaldson. They want him to be their third baseman for a long time or at least start there. And then if it doesn't go well or whatever, they want to move him, that's fine. But I think they are keen on this guy being, you know, part of that core that will hopefully bring them the World Series soon. Yeah, I don't think there's really much to dig into here. Um, if I had to react to this, I would say, well, I don't really care because like, yes, it is a big piece of Blue Jay news, but at the same time, we knew it was going to happen. Eventually we know exactly why it happened in terms of clearing up room for Jordan Groshans, Austin Martin, um, whoever else you want to add into the mix in terms of young developing infielders slash utility players. So like it, the, the, the really only consideration that's interesting to discuss here is why now, you know, why so soon when we don't know what the development has in store for some of these guys coming up. And I guess, like I said, the Blue Jays just know it's going to happen eventually. Why not get out of the way now instead of, leaving it down the line when things could happen to Vladdy. He could, who knows, get injured. Um, And you probably want to have him focusing more on his offense and his defense, especially since we know that's what the Blue Jays are going to be paying him for. And it wasn't exactly a highlight last season. So um, I I think, it, yeah, there's really not much to talk about here. We know why. We know everything about it except for why now. Especially especially because it's a 60-game season too, Mark. But, you know, Jacob, in terms of the DH thing, I think it's he's not going to be a primary DH now. Uh, but, you know, who's to say in, what, 10 years he might be if he's still here? Um, and I just think it's something that comes with the gig of being a first baseman, the occasional day of DHing. And the players you mentioned, right, as maybe as Vladdy gets old, older, he plays more DH. But for the time being, I see him being more of the primary first baseman. And, and there's even... Word that he'll still play some games this year at third base, but he's just, it's something that uh, it's going to be taking into effect slowly in which he just completes the transition. But he, he'll have the occasional off day. He's getting more off days than somebody like Bo Bichette, and he'll be DHing probably more as well. But it's all about flexibility, flexibility in the lineup. And yeah, I, I wouldn't worry too much about that, the DH part. But other than that, uh, the only way I can come down to it is it's the 60-game season that made them do this. Uh, we didn't really hear about it this year in spring training before the shutdown. I know, I guess it was rumbled upon, but it was something that was never really considered strongly. I don't even think he played any games there. This, But I, I don't know, it was four months ago. So The one thing that is interesting about this decision to move him over to the right side of the infield is, I guess, the ramifications it has for some of the other guys we've talked about, Travis Shaw, Rowdy Telez. I mean, Shaw actually could move elsewhere in the infield he 
could play at second. He has some experience there, some experience at the hot corner, so you could move him around. I don't think the Blue Jays want to, but you could. And then Rowdy Telez, he's been hitting the cover off the ball in spring so far, summer camp, sorry. Um, he He's hit three home runs in the two inter-squad games that the Blue Jays have had so far. So, I, I mean, I, I guess that's the one thing that I would poke a hole in in this plan to move him over to first base because you already have a few guys there. But if I had to guess, I'd guess Shaw moves to second base or third base and Biggio moves to the outfield or stays at second or moves to third. And Telez and Guerrero kind of alternate at first and designated hitter. But yeah, as I said, not much to dig into here, but besides that, that's pretty much all the Blue Jay news for this week. So thank you to everyone who listened, and thank you to Bryson and Jacob for joining me on this podcast. One last thing to note, the Blue Jays are playing intra-squad games. They're coming on Tuesday and Wednesday, and they're going to be broadcast at 6.30 start time on Sportsnet. So be sure not to miss that, because it's going to be great to see the Blue Jays actually playing live baseball on TV. So besides that, if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review it on iTunes. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Oh.